a woman's right to choose is a human right. Why are we so quiet about challenging the US when they threaten human rights? Some people have said in here, oh, we can't be, well, why, why, how dare we talk about the US? Well, we talk about everybody else. Is the US a functioning democracy? Well, let's have a look at it. It costs two billion to become president. They're 25% of the total prisoners in the world. They spend over 800 billion a year on arms, which is uh, more than most of the world put together. They've been at war for 250 years since their state was formed 275 years ago. But they can't afford universal health care. They can't afford the 1.7 trillion debt forgiveness for students. They can't afford a program for the, 1 pint, for the 17 million children that go to bed hungry. Is this a functioning democracy? What's your idea of a democracy? Bernie Sanders wasn't even allowed to win the nomination for the Democrats. The Americans couldn't spell democracy. What is the secret of Soylent Green? New York City, in the year 2022. Nothing runs anymore. Nothing works. But the people are the same. And the people will do anything to get what they need. This is the police. What they need most is Soylent Green. The supply of Soylent Green has been exhausted. Detective Sergeant Thorne. He has a two-year backlog of unsolved murders. Now he's on a case that must be solved. Saul Roth, Thorne's private library. Hey, Saul. A living book in a world without books. Have some pencils. Courtesy of your next assignment. William R. Simonson. Simonson. He was the first to learn the secret of Soylent Green. They told me to, uh, to say that they were sorry but that you had become unreliable. <laughs> Saul Roth was the next to know. How do we come to this? And he chose to die, rather than reveal the secret of Soylent Green. What is the secret of Soylent Green? <clears throat> Why did you shut up, Simonson? I didn't. Cheryl. See your hands. Officially, she's furniture. She comes with the apartment. She belongs to the tenant. How many times you've been in trouble with the police, Cheryl? Never. Can't hear you. Never. Captain Hatcher. First, he wanted this case solved. Simonson. What do you say? It was an assassination. Now, he just wants it closed. Who bought you? High and hot, and they want this case closed permanently. Their way. Now, you sign this. You sign it! Dorn refuses to close the Simonson case. Just do what you have to do. Where did you go with Simonson? He took me to church. Church? Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been six months since my last confession. Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson, Chuck Connors, Lee Taylor Young, Brock Peters, Paula Kelly, and Joseph Cotton. Fight for survival and try to solve the most bizarre riddle ever to face mankind. The search for the secret of Soylent Green. You 
You will find out why Soylent Green means life. You will find out why Soylent Green means death. We've got to stop them! What is the secret of Soylent Green? Please! sort of turns you into <laughs> Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. Exactly, dude. Safe from any nuclear explosion. <laughs> well, that's good. Remember that for the future. Yeah. I, I won't even have to duck and cover. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Much better. Welcome to another psycho semantic cast. I am always Darren. With me again, it's been a minute, but uh, with me again is your friend Lance from The Horror Returns. How are you doing, man? Yes. Very glad to be here, man. And uh, I've missed I've missed hearing your uh, your honeyed voice over the airwaves uh, as well as Vanessa. So uh, great, great to great to be on, man. Appreciate the invite. Always, you know, it's, it's it's good to take a break from doom scrolling and screaming at the wall, and have have a have a conversation with a friend. Get get some get some of the shit out, uh, or uh, maybe dwell on things with a friend. Um, gonna do a little bit of both tonight, as per usual. If this is your first time uh, listening, I guess I should say as per usual. We've got a movie, and it is an important film, but I have uh, it's one of those movies that I feel like even people who haven't seen it kind of know, but there's a lot more to it than the, the thing that's in the zeitgeist about it. Uh, it. The year we were recording this is, and I, am, I don't know about you, but... I'm a little glistening with sweat, like everybody in this fucking movie, except for the rich people. It is this. I don't think they say the month or anything like that, but Soylent Green from 1973 takes place in the year 2022. I kind of knew that we were gonna try to talk about this this movie this year, but also. With I I I I I don't know if we want to just jump right the fuck into it, uh, or if we want to wait a little while. But with recent Supreme Court decisions, uh, I think they're dragging us closer to the Soylent timeline. Well, it is it is interesting that they knew uh, global warming was coming fifty years ago, but we've somehow forgotten it uh, today. It seems. Well, I maybe it was a little fresher in people's memory, and there was a, le- a little less of a, a right-wing yank away from it. Um, this was about two and a half, three years after the founding 
of the Environmental Protection Agency, which was founded in 1970 by notorious leftist socialist Richard Nixon. (laughs) Tricky Dick himself. Yes, it was uh, under his administration and with his support, which is a thing that always kind of stuck in my head when I first was learning about the the EPA. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So the, yeah, this was under the Richard Nixon administration. And like we said, uh, Soylent Green came out in 1973. So, I mean, some of the shit uh quickly that i sort of remembered uh about what was happening around the time that the epa was formed Uh uh-huh i feel like pretty sometime around then was what when the cuyahoga river caught on fire i forget what year that was but that was around that time i think it was before the formation of the epa Uh, i guess i could probably look that up at some point when um when we're talking, but, uh, there, there was the, yeah, the Cuyahoga river fire, which the Cuyahoga mm-hmm. river is if, if you're, I, I guess if you're not from around this area or not paying attention to the EPA or not a fan of the movie major league, uh, is a river, uh, up by Cleveland. And yes, it caught on fire because of what all the pollution uh, what else had gone on around that time? There was a oil spill uh, off the coast of California. Ah, that we, covered... we had we uh, had one here not too long ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah the the oil spill was in 1969, and it coated 400 square miles and killed hundreds of animals. Uh, the Cuyahoga River fire was in the summer of 1969. Let's see what else. Uh, 1963, uh, this, this movie takes place in New York. In 1963, smog and air pollution killed at least 400 people in New York. Oh, uh, yeah, we got to see a lot of that in the uh, in the intro to the movie. Yeah, all sorts of other things. Uh, so basically... The EPA was formed to work on a sort of combine the enforcement of environmental laws among the states Uh, as part of the executive branch, you know, executive, legislative, judicial. Right now, it kind of feels like the judicial branch is the only branch in the government. But we can get into that. Some of that is uh, inaction from the legislative and executive branches. But... Anyway, before I go off on any sort of tirade or tangent, I know, Lance, we have, we have talked about Bowling for Columbine with Chuck Heston. That's we, right. We also did Snowpiercer, right? Yeah, yes, we did. People, A lot of similar themes there as well. People, yeah, dystopian, people eating squared foods that they don't know exactly what they're made out of. Um, had we co- I, I was trying to remember had we done any other movies that we could link to the the two that I already mentioned and Soylent Green 
Yeah, that, man, those are the those are the two the two big ones that I could think of. But yeah, I, I definitely uh, it, it it was really really hard not to think of um, Bowling for Columbine every time I saw uh, Chucky Chucky Heston there. You know, it was it's kind of laughable the way the way that um, his character in this movie is so heroic, and yet um, we know what he turned into and. I don't know, man. Do you think that he was on board with this politically? Some of the things that this movie was saying, or do you think it was just a paycheck? I think he was more on board with it at the time of the making than he was later on. Well, he was. He he was certainly misogynistic. Yes. (laughs) And authoritarian. It's weird. Yes. Uh, His character is a lower class or lower caste, but they have, he has this, the weird cop power where he never asks anyone to let them, let him in. He just pounds on their door or he walks in. He never asks if he can look through shit. He just looks through people's drawers while he's interrogating them in their house without asking if he could enter. He, steals resources from the apartment of the crime scene that he's investigating. And it seems common, commonplace like he and the other cops who they don't really, I mean, we're at the point where they don't even really have uniforms. They just kind of are wearing whatever clothes they can have because, And, and just the badge, right? Yep. Just, just the badge to flip and show to people. And, the but the the wealthy people the people who run the Soylent Corporation that feed people in multiple ways or whatever the fuck I don't think we I mean this movie's old enough anyway but I feel like the tagline is the very end of the movie anyway. Uh, they have access to meat and air conditioning and ice and real liquor and stuff like that. And they live in apartments that come with living sex dolls and they are clean. They have hot water. They have cigarettes. You're what Heston's character. We're going to be calling him Heston because. Sure. Yeah, I think that makes sense. (laughs) I mean, we could call it his character's name will come to me, but. Detective Thorne. Detective Thorne. He was a thorn in the side of the Soylent Corporation, right? Ah, there we go. I don't know if that was on purpose. Why not? But he's he's a cop. He has a power over everybody between the rich people and all the other people. He's pretty much yeah. that's the line is on they're... on a street on a street level. He yeah. he has that street level authority. Yeah, he's top in the streets. It had been a, so long since I had seen this movie that it was almost like watching it for the first time, except for gradually remembering a couple things, but nothing really except for the the end that everybody knows, even if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Everyone, if you've seen The Simpsons, you know the end, right? If you've seen any of these shows that 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 reuse that, reuse that line, right? Yeah. And they, because uh, what the the world of 2022 that we see, it's New York. There's 40 million people. 
there's overpopulation and pollution and climate catastrophe has happened because they can't even get plankton out of the ocean to feed people. The rich people are eating jars of jam and heads of lettuce and cuts of steak. And that's beyond extravagant. And the Soylent Corporation is linked in with the heads of state and running the government. And I mean, there's, there's, well, you know, there's the Eddie Robinson character. What's his name? Saul in the movie. Oh, he was great. He was great. Sort of the, the bridge. Although (laughs) I don't know how much older than Charlton Heston he was, but in the, the movie in Soylent Green, he's sort of the bridge to the past, the Charlton Heston's character never knew. Yes, that's right. He remembers the, the good old times when you could go to the grocery store and buy a T-bone steak or a, a real head of lettuce or walk through the fields of flowers and uh, enjoy the, the countryside and nature, right? Yeah, but animals all around. Mm-hmm. Saying that right now, I'm trying to think if there's ever an instance where you see an animal other than on the video screen and the other thriving business in Soylent Green. Yes, which there's so much to unpack in this movie. Um, There's there's very little that this that this movie doesn't hit on. And how how ironic that. Right now, we seem to be going through the reign of Emperor Palpatine in these United States, and I use that term loosely, um, as we are all being systemically cuckolded as we watch it happen. And I don't know what the answer is, quite frankly. I mean, Darren, I'll always get out there and vote and try to do my part. It is some dark, dark days right now. There's some bizarre things going on that uh, you got to wonder how this ever came to be in a free society. Yeah, it could. I mean, I was saying something about this the other day and I know I bring it up, bring it up a lot, but if you read the book, dark money, and if you read the book, power worshipers, And if you watch the documentary series, which I think was based on a book called The Family, you'll see that there is a there has been a long game from certain wealthy people. You know, the most often talked about are people like the Koch brothers or nowadays people that exercise their massive wealth to influence elections. There's Disney and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> oh, of course. And how about Musk? Yeah, Elon Musk and things like that. But the long, long time ago, these sort of libertarian and right-wing think tanks were founded by the the wealthy families. And there was, you know, I've put out uh, previous episodes talking about those books and things, but there's just a, a galvanizing movement to keep right-wing politics 
focus on like the uh, Roe versus Wade decision and anti-choice and pro-choice stuff. That was picked not necessarily because the the churches had a big problem with it, but it was because it was a wedge issue that they could gather more and more political power to use to ru- set up the judiciary to be pro-corporate and to uh, do these other things in the machinations of government. And that really took a big downturn after the Citizens United ruling by the Supreme Court about 10 years ago. That's when it just started becoming like this, where in the course of a week, the Supreme Court, are you still with me? Yes, okay. I am. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm wrapped. Okay. I, I haven't, dude, I have not, had the luxury of listening to your show in what over a month now yeah this is about this is my <laughs> first first show in, in a while but so yeah within a week right now the supreme court which had a three justice change in the last four years well i guess four now because uh uh judge uh, kataji brown jackson was sworn in this afternoon but the Supreme Court right now is going on their vacation or wherever the fuck they go to do horrible things to people in private. Uh, well, it, yeah, some, it, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure they're well isolated from any climate change problems. Yeah, for now, until all, everyone in their family chokes to death and dies. But it, so, yeah, within one week, they the court overturned Roe versus Wade. Uh, 50 year never 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 thought that's surreal dude i never thought i would see that in my lifetime i i i grew up always taking it for that that was uh that was a woman's right right it's um it it, it's beyond surreal i mean i still haven't even processed it truthfully I, i i don't know how to process it i'm not sure if there's one way to and a lot of us are processing it processing things right now and i've just been sort of feeling useless offering my help i am going to be doing a training session with a advocacy group here in ohio called women have options ohio our gerrymandered to fuck legislation uh, okay <laughs> sorry i'm taking us on all these tangents really quick yeah, going we, need, back we to, need to there's there's a lot of tangents to go on right now so the supreme court recent rulings overturning roe v wade saying that states could not regulate guns in the way that New York had a law saying that you had to show just cause to carry a concealed weapon. Uh, so so, in, so much for so much for states rights then that's out the right. window now. But then the next day was when they said only states could regulate women um and where that that point in government is the most or that that those points in government state level government state legislatures and things like that are the least representative government there are because of all the gerrymandering that started i mean gerrymandering has been going on forever but the 2012 takeover by the republican party is bearing its fruit late well yeah that that and also, you know, also the fact that the um, the elect the electorate college is probably way 
uh, way past its prime. Like no, uh, stinking a lot worse than those plants that are processing the soylent green, I think, and certainly overstate its welcome. I, I, don't, I don't know if packing the Supreme Court is the answer, but man, at least term limits, I would think. Yeah, I would say term limits, and I wouldn't even call it packing the court if they increase the number of justices. I would call it unpacking the court because pack yeah. is what it is right now because there was the yeah a the bit last year right? the the McConnell and Co. one year of they they changed the size of the Supreme Court for a year to eight justices by saying you couldn't appoint a judge during an election year. And then, so that was Gorsuch. Then there was Kavanaugh. And then after people started voting in the next election, they appointed Amy Comey Barrett. Yeah. Uh, now now all of a sudden you could. The rules changed. Yep. Uh, so that changed the, the makeup of the court, all of whom said that they uh, viewed Roe versus Wade as settled law. Some of them less than uh, like a year and a half before this decision came down. But yeah, there was that. There was, uh, so states regulate women. The government, the federal government cannot or state government cannot regulate guns in that way. Uh, the coaches in public schools can sort of force their student players to take to participate in prayer circles on uh, school time and school property. Uh, waiting for someone to challenge that when it, with a non-Christian religion. So, I'm looking forward to that. So, <laughs> I can't but, wait to see. I can't wait to see uh, Muslim, Muslim prayer <laughs> and, and how they address that. So they'll, they'll either address that to just be an extra middle finger, or I think you have to have, four justices saying that they want to hear a case. Okay. So they, they could just stonewall and not take up a case like that. There are arguments going on right now that you could use the 13th amendment to argue for federal right to abortion because of uh, the, that, that one was ending slavery and all that entails and the there's some sp supposed to be some sort of protection uh, in the 13th Amendment against forced birthing. Uh, so because this at least this court will almost definitely never reconsider under the same argument. So I don't think the 14th Amendment can be used in that way. Uh, they uh, I'll, I'll do the one that happened this afternoon, the ruling that happened this afternoon. Um, that's more closer to Soylent Green, so we can keep that that tangent there. But also, right before they went on break, they agreed next term to hear a case that they could rule. I don't know if you've heard me talk about or if you read about the the case that they would see would uh, allow the court to make rulings having to do with how much, like we said, the already gerrymandered and twisted out of representative government uh, state legislatures can be, mm -hmm. uh, how much they can change rules about federal elections, not just state elections, federal elections, 
including how to count votes. And yeah, so what, so whatever yeah. happened to simple majority rule? Yeah, the indes- independent state legislature theory. It's like a fucking Federalist Society wet dream. Uh, okay, Brett I, Kavanaugh. I did hear some. I did hear something about this today. Okay, I think Brett Kavanaugh and uh, possibly Barrett have spoken favorably about it. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the thing right now, the thing to watch in the next term. But then also this morning, they ruled that the EPA, the Environmental oh Protection God. Agency, doesn't really have that much power in protecting the environment. And the EPA came out of, I believe, the Environmental Protection Council that Nixon formed in 1969, and then it became the uh, the e- the EPA came to be after Congress passed the Environmental Policy Act of 1969. So that was how the formation of the EPA came about. So the Supreme Court in their ruling said that Congress has to specifically act. They, they, it has to be very deliberate. Like I, Congress would have to pass something and under this ruling saying that there needs to be a move away from fossil fuels into renewables and uh, regulate carbon emissions. But instead, Congress decided to get a group of scientists together to decide when and how much they need to regulate carbon emissions and things like that. But since they don't specifically say that, yeah, it's so it's it's reducing the the power of the executive and the legislative branch and giving more power to the judicial branch, which is largely lifetime appointed people who are not elected. Which makes no sense because if you know if I understand correctly, the the EPA stands for Environmental Protection Agency. Is that is that yes. correct, or am I off on that? No, so, no, that, that, <laughs> I mean, my God, if if we if we can't even have a, a group of people that are that uh, my understanding is that it's they they lean very heavily on science and they listen you know to what the scientists are saying and obviously. If 50 years ago when Soylent Green was made, we knew that this was coming, my God, it hasn't gotten any better. It's it's not exactly like we're, you know, reeling it in or anything like that. So, you know, here we are. We, we know what's going on. 99% of all scientists agree that this is an issue. And then you get, you know, a group of six people that are allowed to just sit there. Again, I use the Emperor Palpatine analogy you know from star wars and just kind of dictate um no you don't have any power um you're completely um you know completely cut off from me from being able to oversee that now i do understand that there the epa still has i guess power over uh like vehicle emissions and individuals and individual vehicles and things like that i think if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but this particular ruling dealt more with like large chemical plants and things of that nature, or like, you know, in other words, you know, for-profit chemical plants and refineries and things like that, or am, am I off on that? 
now that that is my understanding like as shitty as it is it could be much 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 worse however it does signal the way that they will likely rule as more individual cases come i i don't know how quickly... it's setting precedent it's setting precedent right yes yes because the... if you really strip it down if they want to they can say that all the government agencies or they'll pick and choose their favorite ones, but you know, the EPA or the FEC, or I don't even know who else, but they're basically saying that the government agencies and put in charge of things don't have as much control to deal with the things that they're in charge of because Congress who notoriously is quick at dealing with problems has to give them more specific direction. Ah, okay. Well, I don't know, man. It seems to me like that's something that would be probably better, you know, better solved with a larger group of people all chiming in rather than just, you know, six of nine Supreme Court justices that maybe they're being bought off, maybe they're not. I don't know. But for whatever reason, you know, they've decided that these big industries should be able to go ahead and continue to run willy-nilly makes makes no sense to me yeah i mean they're they they believe a lot of their own bullshit that's but do they really do they really yeah i i think so i mean well at least if not they've been working on it for years and years and years to make it look like they do please justify how you call yourself pro-life when you you're in favor you know literally making all abortion completely illegal from you know the moment of contraception forward, and yet you're <laughs> you're taking you're taking away the rights of states to to regulate guns. Uh, guns, you know, do they they can be used as a tool to kill people. <laughs> so I, I I I'm just so confused with what is pro life, what is anti life. I'm my head's spinning right now. It's like pick and choose type thing here. You know, it, it makes no sense to me. Uh, want to go for other not making sense shit that just happened uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders a former one of the like 700 press secretaries the Trump administration sure. had uh, Uncle Fester lookalike and uh, <laughs> gubernatorial candidate and wherever she's from I think Arkansas if I'm not mistaken although a lot of politicians move to where they think they can win she said right, that right. she will ensure that fetuses, although I think she said babies, uh, that fetuses are as safe in the womb as children are in school. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Man, if that's not just um, (laughs) speaking out of both sides of your mouth, I don't know what is. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think I've talked a little bit about the Supreme Court in my last thing but I, that was while we were waiting for most of these crotch kicks to come in it is fucked up it is fucked i don't really think biden's got it in him to do anything bold i don't know though i don't know if he waited and talked to cinema and mansion before he came out in, tr- in uh support of carving out an exception in the filibuster to codify row and then hours later mansion and cinema who at least I believe Manchin uh, a week ago said 
that he would he I can't remember if he said that he was in for making an exception to pass Roe or if he just said he would mm-hmm. he would vote for codifying Roe. But this afternoon, both okay. uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema said that they do not support changing the filibuster in any way to codify Roe. And as far as I know, none of the fucking reporters that they told them to, they told this to asked why they were okay with carving out an exception in the filibuster last fucking year to pass the budget. But, but we did, but we did have some positive news this week. Um, there, there was actually some, uh, legislation that was signed into law, right? Regarding better gun control. Although a lot of it's what very cosmetic at best, would you say, or it seems very, they haven't taken, they haven't done what, what, what my man Beto said he was going to do, which is hell yeah, we're going to take away your assault rifles. (laughs) They, they didn't do that, nor did they say 18 year olds can't purchase them, but at least they added an extra layer of, uh, Checks and balances for 18 to 21. What uh, what what all was in that new legislation? I know there was some mental health money, whatever that means, and a few other things, I guess. From from what I saw, and I admit I didn't read it uh, after it passed the Senate. I saw what the Senate was talking about, and uh, after the House passed it. But from the things that stood out that I saw were, yeah, there's supposed to be increased background checks for people 18 to 21, which would deal with a lot more of the school murderers. Hopefully, right? Ideally, of course, with how easy it is to speaking of reasons why having that be and it was sorry, ramble, ramble, ramble. There was talk of funding for more mental health services and school security. I don't know if they're paired together. So Oh yes, schools, the one only one school exit, right? That's the Ted Cruz dream. <laughs> yes. So if there's a fire, you're pretty much fucked. <laughs> just, just, just chain all the doors together. shut. <laughs> That's much simpler. Jesus um, Christ. Put it everybody goes to school in the Panopticon now. But the thing that stood out the most, there there wasn't any uh, reduction. There wasn't really much anything. I don't. They didn't touch the gun show loophole, and uh, but yeah, uh, and that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, that that gun show thing is ridiculous, man. You can, what you can literally go to a gun show and just buy a gun like over the counter, right? Like you're buying a bottle of Tylenol. Seems so. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. <laughs> it's just that that. I, I don't know. I guess there's things that I just kind of assumed growing up were, you know, there were certain security measures in place that apparently have never been there. And I don't know, man, the hotter it gets, the bigger the wealth disparity becomes, the more frustration there is out there. I don't necessarily think killings are going to go down. Oh, no, there was a shooting when we had our, uh, planned power outage to deal with outages uh, in elsewhere in the state when they shut off the electricity for 200,000 people here in Columbus, there was a shooting at a cooling center. Not a surprise. Yeah. What do you, what did you think was going to happen? So yeah, well, they uh, definitely, they definitely should, should have brought out those riot trucks and just started scooping them up. You know, people up. that's the answer. 
the one thing, I guess, hopefully it didn't go away, but since Mitch McConnell supported it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone. But they did mm-hmm. a loophole they did close in the weak as fuck legislation was the red flag law, which are you familiar with the people getting red flagged uh, after being convicted of domestic violence? Yes, yes, I did hear about that. Okay. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. I, uh, I think I heard it referred to as the, the boyfriend loophole. Yeah, the boyfriend Because you actually married, right? Yep, if you weren't married, so that's good. it didn't count. But now it counts. Right. Uh, which well, is that's good, man. Because, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's probably part of the biggest, you know, I mean, I, as a guy who has, you know, grandchildren that are in elementary and high school, this is this is important to me you know i think number one i think it's absolutely ridiculous i, I and you've heard me say this before and we talked about it on bowling, bowling with columbine i think you know that I, I i do take the second amendment although it deals specifically with you know a, a well-regulated militia which is obviously not very, very well regulated but i i do believe people should be allowed to own their own their own you know firearms for hunting and legitimate things like that, but I don't think that assault rifles are necessarily so something we need to have in non-military hands. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, it's it's always refreshing to hear responsible gun owners talking about responsible gun ownership because that should mean something. Responsible ownership, well regulated. Well regulated indicates a responsibility. Uh, I did want to correct something that I misspoke about. The Environmental Protection Council was established in that act of 1969, and the EPA was uh, founded after a bunch more shit went wrong <laughs> over the next year. And then right. The Nixon issued Reorganization Plan 3, which provided for the creation of the EPA reflecting the new understanding of ecology and the environment status as a system. He told Congress that it was clear that the piecemeal development of environmental agencies would no longer serve such a large project or country. So that's why it was 1970. It it didn't just take a year after that. It was, they had to go further because the environmental protection council advised the president and then the EPA which, again, they said that it has to be uh, the whole thing about Congress has to specifically put people in charge of certain things. They said that they're too vague, like they kept saying with, uh, you know, every time somebody came up with a challenge to Roe versus Wade, they were like, oh, you need to be more clear on this. Here, let me show you how to fill out your paperwork and bring it back to me. Um, <laughs> also, speaking of the Roe versus Wade decision and guns, they said that there wasn't a long standing, like 50 years wasn't good enough okay. to, to be representative of a right. But the pre, the Supreme court precedent that basically made guns the way they are now, where pretty much anybody over 18 can get whatever the fuck they want. Yes. That ruling wasn't until 2008, which is 2008 after 19. What what year? I think it's significantly 
significantly after. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that was 1973, and that's before. That is before 2008. That's... So what was what 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 was up with the temporary assault rifle ban, and and why did that not become permanent? Because you know a lot of those deer out there might be armed, right? That was passed uh, in 1994, okay? Because they were. Um, I mean, that was what uh, Clinton Clinton was president and he was all, you know, neoliberal. We got to crack down on crime and all these violent offenders and things. So they yeah, they passed the violent crime. It was in the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act in 1994. Now, is that is that where you could just like pull somebody over on suspicion and stuff like that? Uh, that. um I might be I might be mixing my uh, <laughs> my assaults on on public liberties here. They they did start doing a lot of that shit, but the the assault weapon ban within that was uh, prohibiting the manufacturer for civilian use of semi-automatic firearms defined as, as assault weapons, as it should be with a certain <laughs> ammo magazine uh, with large capacity. So it was a ten-year yeah. ban passed in 1994 uh that was signed by bill clinton and it expired in 2004 when w bush was in charge and okay. they, they had the w and, bush congress and they said all right, we and, will not renew it okay well i do and, and a lot of that was probably some some prodding from uh from charlton heston's buddies there i would imagine as well as others that have deep pockets just, oh, just yeah. guessing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I will say this. Okay, so maybe some of these new laws will have some effect. I, I have, I have a little bit of hope because, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, Uvalde, things like that, or what, you know, those are the headlines, right? That's what gets our attention. Uh, the Buffalo shooting, just only a week before that. Um, all right. Anyway, that's that's the stuff that gets gets our attention. But there is. A, a larger statistical undercurrent, I think, of, you know, suicides, um, you know, smaller incidents and things like that, that probably adds up to more lives lost. So, you know, may, may, maybe some of this will make some change. Maybe maybe we can, you know, celebrate this to an extent. You know, there's always hope that, I mean, uh, I, I am confident that this, this Supreme Court would rule Medicare for all unconstitutional. But a big fix to the violence problem would be universal health care, especially mental health care. When people have no money and they're sick, they're more, there's likely to be more violence. Getting back to Silent Green. <laughs> I mean, right? It's Yeah. It's oh people it's are not everywhere. A... Everywhere you look, people are sleeping on fire escapes. They have there's curfews. Right? You have to go pick up your water ration. You have to stand in line for your soylent orange or soylent green or whatever the flavor of the day or of the week is. Nobody has air conditioning, like I said, except for the rich people. Everybody's covered in sweat and hungry. 
and they're always expecting a riot. They've got those bulldozers or backhoes or whatever. But my son would tell me exactly what specific machinery that is, I think. But <laughs> he's he's really into that, huh? Yeah. Uh, more so a year or two ago lately it's sure. it's more Star Wars specific things and stuff like that but yeah they have the, the riot control bulldozers and I noticed that on the poster mm-hmm. when maybe it was uh, when you had said that you were watching this and somebody said oh that uh, the poster kind of gives away the movie kind of gives it away right but they're not scooping people up to turn them into Soylent Green no, no, they're just getting him out of the way. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're smashing people or whatever that, that don't just end up in the back of the trucks, but they're just putting them yeah. in the back of the trucks. But since that's the main point that we all remember about the movie, I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if that gives too much away because it's almost like they're throwing no. people into a giant blender. But it's just <laughs> police brutality at its most usual, but this one with less accountability. So they just ram you with the teeth of a bulldozer and chuck you into the back. And if you run away, you run away, you might get smashed like like the assassin, or you might go go off into your own thing. Uh, right. but Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, scooping, scooping up the homeless off the streets to make New York a nice, pretty place for people to come visit. Yeah, right. And, and take them out to the country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's... Uh... You, you don't honestly think there's no homelessness in uh, Manhattan now, do you? Oh, <laughs> During Giuliani's years. He fixed everything. Maybe they became Soylent Green. That, that was why they they banned uh what was there was some weird shit under Giuliani and then he he was already weird and then he went and went oh my god Cuckoo did he bananas. go off the deep end <laughs> right and it's easy for us to sit here and just kind of laugh at him but oh man what uh he, he certainly had Trump's ear didn't he oh yeah although he's <laughs> that was because he never made him pay pay a bill well, true. That'll that'll do it. Calling in a favor. But so, the main characters in Silent Green are what Thorn and uh, Saul. His did I miss? Did, was there something in the beginning about he was supposed to actually be looking for Saul, and he was just letting him live that. live at his house? Well, anyway, Saul. Well, like we said, he's the bridge to the past. He used to be a professor. He's got a bunch of books. He do, he helps Thorn with research. There's the you know the murder at the beginning, and there's this you know sort of the faceless Soylent Corporation, and he's trying to solve the mystery. And Saul finds the Soylent Corporation studies that show that they couldn't get the kelp or the plankton, so they were turning people into food. And, um, I mean, there's Thorn's chief or captain or whatever that pops up. There's oh yeah, and they're all they're all they're all as corrupt as corrupt as can be, <laughs> but yep. they have to be, man. They're put down at the street level and they're put in charge of controlling all of these riots and you know controlling people and 
you know, what the hell else would you expect him to do? Um, I, uh, I, I almost kind of felt for the cops a little bit. I know that sounds like a strange thing to say, considering how they were acting, but, uh, you know, when you're put in that position, you're as desperate as anybody else. You're just given a little bit of authority to at least, like, you know, we were saying, exert your street-level authoritarianism. I think then it was more a tamer, more innocent kind of abuse. But I think it was like he may be gruff, but he's got the common person's interest at heart taking down the corporation, no matter how <laughs> powerful they are, instead of yeah, being sure. around to with just his uh, property. With his nice with it, with his uh, side holster. And it was uh man, dude, that scene that was so laughable. Where he took her into the room for oh he he stumbled on the party that she was having after the 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 old man was assassinated, and she had all of her friends over there and I thought that was kind of interesting how they were all, and you would see women do that, uh, Darren I don't think you would see men do that like you noticed that no one submissive to each other but they were taking care of each other if that makes sense like one of them was doing the nails of one and one of them was combing the hair. Um, another lady brought drinks for, for the other ladies and, you know, it, it, that's the way women are. We, we've missed out on that somehow. We're very gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, and then I, I just think it was so laughable when he walked in and, and, uh, she thought of herself as, as they said, such a piece of furniture, right? I come with the house, so to speak. And, um, (laughs) she just assumed took off her clothes (laughs) Lay down in the bed, and, he's, and he starts undressing and and goes to town. I mean, a more a more misogynistic scene I've never seen in a film. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I mean, he like you said, he often <laughs> referred to her as furniture, and I think one time yeah, she said, "Stop, stop talking about me like that." Uh, what's her name? Cheryl ah, or Sher- Cheryl? Cheryl, 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 like my name is Earl, but it's Cheryl. Cheryl. But and yeah, uh, it sort of goes with his no questions asked, obey everything of I course. say. Because I think he just said yeah. on the bed, and I was like, "What is he going to make her sit on the bed?" Sure. Oh no, that's just kind of what I was wondering, but I sort of knew where it was going. Yep. <laughs> sort of like gun, penis, gun, penis, penis, gun. But yeah, he uh, just comes that, in. It was a weird scene. Weird scene. Then he does that thing when the uh, it's all about people abusing the particular powers that they have, because then the doorman or whoever comes in, he starts gut punching the women and yanking them around. Oh, yeah, that dude, the guy in the red coat. Yeah. What was he like the building super or what? Yeah, he was like the superintendent or something or the interesting. I got a real clockwork orange vibe from some of the and i guess it was only a couple of years apart when they filmed it but some of the you know the furniture and the clothing choices and stuff like that yeah the, this is what things might look like in the future kind of furniture <laughs> exactly yeah early 1970s idea of what things may look like in the future and and the it, you notice the cigarette she was smoking was purple yep makes you wonder was that tobacco or was that something else I don't know. It could go either way, but what did he say? I kind of thought that they would be cigarettes because he said something about, you know, if I had 
the money, I would smoke two or three of these a day. Two or three a day. That's right, man. (laughs) Which I thought was more supposed to be like a cigarette because even that, you know, that was, I mean, the 70s, people were smoking two packs a day. Yeah, that's right. And that kind of put it into perspective of the scarcity thing. I got you. The fifth element with those really long filters and little. (laughs) That's right. and, And shit like that. Cigarettes uh, of the future. So I assumed, although it is and thinking of an alternate Soylent Green, mm-hmm. I, I, like they have Soylent Green Day written on the the wall yes. there. And, Every Tuesday. And and Green Day was obsessed ah. with pot when they came up with their name. But a, a Soylent Green with a high as fuck Robert Thorne running around. Right, right. Uh, that would probably not help him curb his hunger. <laughs> well, it might have been opium. Could be. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, every, everybody makes use of the powers they have, and right. even even Cheryl, where she she knows. I mean, she's fight like I don't know. <laughs> Charlton mm-hmm. Heston is the least abusy abusers in her life, so she really yeah, seems isn't to that want horrible? him around. So she's like, you can take a hot shower and I'll turn on air conditioning. Begging him to stay there. And I don't know. Her nine inch shining armor. Sweaty armor. (laughs) That's right. Hey, uh, okay. All right. So here's something I thought of when I was watching the movie. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but like over the last, what, five years or so, the, I don't know, five or 10 years maybe, hasn't the U.S. population significantly gone down you know versus india china correct me if i'm wrong i i I think that's the case and i'm wondering now i'm gonna put on my tinfoil hat as i have to do at least once when when i join you darren um i wonder if any of that ties into the abortion thing at all i just i i don't know that's probably a crazy idea because they're making it a quasi-religious blunt instrument, forcing it down our throat type thing. But I don't know, man. I kind of got to wonder if there's certain people that think our country would be better off if we did have more human fodder, cannon fodder. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's are... really a stretch. No, there are people in power who, uh, politically or socially, who talk exactly about that shit. There are, uh, well, what's her name? There was a Republican House representative from Illinois that went out at a Trump rally over the weekend and said that the overturning of a row was a great victory for white life. Now, she then said... The joke's, the joke's going to be on them, Darren. I mean, who has the least access to... Illegal abortions, after morning pills, getting or non-white people. Paying. Very strange situation that we're all in right now. But there's that's the whole great replacement theory that Tucker Carlson right. talks about, and the white nationalists. And I know I repeat myself when I say Tucker Carlson and the white nationalists. But yeah, and that is linked in with. I mean, they're sort of arm in arm, the white nationalists and the Christian right movement. 
and it's you know in the early thousands it was we're gonna all be replaced by muslims uh, oh yeah that they were I doing do remember that and i do now, remember that snapshot in time yeah and now it's all the immigrants and the open borders and this and that and the other dumb shit <laughs> of course so it is not right off base especially with the opinion and religious backgrounds that the offending justices or i guess i should i'm getting more in the practice of calling them judges because justice doesn't really fit that doesn't do them justice right uh they they come from the backgrounds that are connected to or adjacent to those lines of thinking so no it is it is further theocratic interference in mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. supposedly non-denominational government very interesting so it's just <laughs> very chipping, chipping away at that church and state there there are people there's lauren bobert uh right. for, for one a more prominent voice from that end talking about how there really isn't supposed to be a separation of church and state and things oh like that. yes that uh, somebody said that wasn't in the constitution it was in some random letter that thomas jefferson wrote or something bizarre like that I, re- I read about today so it's it's the pick and choose you know oh, this this thing that's not in the bible is evil but i'm gonna ignore the stuff about shellfish and mixed fabrics and things like that it's it's a combination of a lot of shitty shit that has been coming for a long time and mm-hmm. part of that was voter apathy and Democrat apathy. And I, I think that voter apathy comes from the fecklessness that the the Democratic Party has largely been just kind of shrugging their shoulders and sending out fundraising emails yeah. for ever. And, and at some point, people will all finally... More and more people are seeming to notice this every day, but sometime that you're going to have to actually fucking do something right, to get right. to get support. And it's both. You know, we, we talk about the all these horrible things from the right wing because the right ideology is losing popularity. Because what, 85 percent of people in America think that there should be access to abortion but six people said no or and all these other things that are seen or talked about like crazy leftist socialist ideals are vastly popular in america but we don't have a representative government we don't have a lot of we don't have popular vote for president which was that's a whole other thing we there's not so much ranked choice voting, so then it's sort of they're all the except for the two main political parties have any sort of mm-hmm. power. And when you work in a tandem for so long, and then one person, yeah. Uh, anyway, two party system is mm-hmm. those moldy oranges in the Willem Dafoe picture. I have these two moldy <laughs> oranges. They're both garbage. Um, but oh, one man. is less shitty than the other, but that's but it, but not is enough. it? 
How how in the world are our two best choices, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, in what bizarre darkest timeline universe could this possibly be the case? I mean, yeah, my man. God, man! That's the the dinosaurs clinging to the planet. Well, I know Rick. I know Rick uh, Santoris. Is that his name? The Florida guy. Oh, Santorum. Santorum. Santorus. Whatever. I know he's rooting for Trump to go down in flames. Oh, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. I'm sorry. I totally mixed up my politicians. That's why I've got to have you to guide me, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this guy, man? I know he's a human rights nightmare, but. At least Florida doesn't have offshore drilling. At least it seems to be a clean state. Um, I have visited Florida a lot. You know, living in Texas, that's where we vacation. Um, There's a lot of really, really shitty, ugly people there. (laughs) But all that being said, I see a lot of solar panels there. I see a lot of uh, clean ocean there. I, I... I don't know. What 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 are you what are you thinking? That I know this guy is completely against anyone being able to live their own life, and that's what pisses my wife off to no end, particularly since my son happens to be gay. Yeah, I would say any of the good things about Florida have nothing to do with Ron DeSantis. They were there before, and they'll be there after he's gone, right? He yeah, he is Trump light. Okay. He is following that mold. He has pushed forward legislation to form his own police force. He is anti Well-regulated militia. That's a well-regulated militia. Come on. Yeah. So he (laughs) is fortunately less popular than Donald Trump. But legislatively, I wouldn't – there wouldn't be much of a difference except for – it might take longer for him to do the shitty shit because he has less influence. Is he scarier to you, truthfully, than Trump? I mean, Trump's got to be on his last legs, right? And I, I, I hate to say this. I would never root for, you know, like cancer or heart attack. But, uh, you know, Clarence Thomas is no spring chicken. You know, it's hard to tell because they also have the best – Healthcare, healthcare in this country because it's because it's completely socialized. Exactly, they have the evil socialist healthcare That's that would right. ruin America. Clarence Thomas, he is, I think, now going to be the oldest judge on the Supreme Court. And, He's and, and what's up? Seventy-four. What's up with his, uh, seventy-four. And what's up with his nutty wife? Jenny Thomas, uh, oh, we could do an episode on her. She's a pay. She works for, I forget what uh, super pack that she. <laughs> Pur- the purple cigarette super pack, right? No, the Some... soylent green super pack. Jenny Thomas worked for the Chamber of Commerce after she got out of law school and then she worked for the department of labor and she worked oh. for Dick army when he was in the house of representatives. But most recently Ginny Thomas worked for a company, a consult, a, 
you know how vague consulting company is. But uh, she she where <laughs> I, I had it and I lost it. <laughs> how has there not been a punk band named Dick Army? Right. Well, there might have been. I I played a show in Chicago with uh, a band called General Patton and his privates. Uh, but she, her her company is called Liberty Consulting. Oh, nice! That sounds great, man. I want Liberty. And it was listed as a uh, asset on Clarence Thomas's court disclosures. And very, very they, nice, very nice. Yep, they work on uh, FEC filings, tax things. Uh, I know some of her and his income weren't reported, but since the Supreme Court is actually the only court in America that doesn't have a code of ethics. Oh, I did hear about that. I can't I can't believe that. How can that be the case? Well, because the Supreme Court, if, if I remember from my reading, the Supreme Court used to be rotating uh, justices okay. from uh, with the circuit courts, which, you know, the circuit court decisions if the Supreme Court takes those up, they're like a step above the circuit courts. Okay. Um, so at the time, uh, the Supreme Court has changed size a couple times, but the last time it was changed in size, it was because there became nine circuit courts, which represent okay. different chunks of the country. Parts of the country. Now, yeah. are those gerry- gerrymandered chunks, or are they pretty evenly distributed chunks? They're, they're relatively evenly distributed. You know, there's... It, it, it's more of states, and you know how it works. There's, uh, uh, you know, the Ninth Circuit is a popular one. Uh, you know, there are ones that, you know, right-wing people will specifically try to go to and ones that left-wing people will specifically try to go to because the portions of the country tend to sort of be divided in that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. But now sure. there are, I think... 13 circuits so they should make the supreme court 13 justices that's still an odd number hmm. that's the reason the last time it, why it was changed it is an odd yeah okay uh, it makes each person less powerful of course you know the the movement against that from old democrats and the republican parties like oh we have to respect tradition even if it's our downfall but I, how did we get? Oh, we were talking about Jenny Thomas, who mm-hmm. shared emails with different people in the White House about the whole January sixth thing. Yes, and I heard. Her, I heard something about that. And her husband Clarence was voting against the Supreme Court case that ended up overturning er, over her communications with people in the White House. But that's not a conflict of interest somehow. Yeah, I was going to say no, no conflict of interest there, right? Now th- that's this, this is the same Justice Thomas. You know, I'm I, I'm getting old. I, I I misremember things. Does the name Long Dong Silver pubic hair on a can of Coca Cola? Does any of that ring a bell, or am I thinking of somebody else? <laughs> yeah. Uh. You, well, you know, you're right. And Anita Hill tried to warn everybody, but and I I I've Bobby seen this... else tried to warn some people a few years ago too, didn't they? Brett Kavanaugh comes to mind. 
Yeah, it's weird weird huh. how that keeps not being a deal okay. breaker for for the people that want yeah. to enforce religious zealotry on eh, on just, the country. Just just you know what? Just take off your gun holster, Charlie, before you get into bed with the furniture. <laughs> One time I watched Soylent Green with the commentary and it's uh-huh. the, the director and the furniture. Oh and, boy. Okay. <laughs> and they were both talking about how and it was before now that they did oh, this, yeah. but how a lot of shit doesn't seem to change. They were talking about how things were feeling like they were getting better for a while, but then things were turning back yeah. towards leading towards that soylent future. Yeah, and uh, now never was able to pass that legislation, right? I mean, to this day, am I correct? It's um, <laughs> e- equal rights are kind of like a optical illusion, maybe. Yeah, yeah I guess you could say that. There's surely a gap in who has guaranteed rights in the country. And who has air conditioning and running water and a hot shower. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting more and more worked up here, aren't we? Oh, well. That is a perfect time to take a quick break, and we will come back and wrap up the show or talk about more happy, fun time stuff that is this great land of ours. Or something like that. Hey everyone, this is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing and spreading the good word of Legion Podcasts. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons in June, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon every other week or twice per month and the winners can choose from the available steam codes thank you so much for supporting legion podcast you can reach me on twitter or the legion discord group my username is at lonely bob see you around got a got a cold beer leak <laughs> it's oil oil change as they call it right there we go i don't know alcohol really makes me more bummed out unless I get shit faced and then I just get bummed out <laughs> when I'm done. Uh so I mean I've I've been smoking a lot more pot. Anyway. Yeah, no, I I'm I may be super naive, but I even though that, you know, leak came out and everything, I, I honestly did not think they were really gonna overturn that. I really didn't. It it, it was still still gut punch. I thought well I knew that there was going to be something, but I thought Roberts was going to make it the 15 week thing that the, the Mrs. Uh, Cause the, the stem stemming case was a Mississippi, the Mississippi uh, case. Okay. And their ban was at 15 weeks. So they, they had filed with the court to allow them to keep that at 15 weeks but after the case was filed, 
was when uh, Amy Comey Barrett got put onto the court. So they refiled asking them to nullify Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. And then you know, Roberts, who said that he was big on trying to maintain the legitimacy of the court, and right before the decision came down, I think it was a Pew Research poll, showed that faith in the U.S. Supreme Court was that at the lowest it had ever been in measured time. I saw that. Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely saw that. And that was <clears throat> down to about 25%. And mm-hmm. Roberts always said that he wanted to maintain the legitimacy of the court and have people keep faith in the court and things like that. But it's kind of Alito's court now, it seems. And, I mean, he's the one that wrote the main decision he wrote the second decision, which used the backwards double talk of this isn't protected because it's not old enough. But this other thing is protected, even though it is like 30 years later. Em- uh, Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. And the, all the talk about originalism, which wasn't really a fucking thing until they started trying to f- battle against the civil rights movement. It's not like they've always been talking about what the original founding fathers wanted to say. And even if we should give a fuck what they thought, they didn't think women should vote. They thought people should own slaves. The constitution really should have been updated, which is what the amendments were, which are what these other things are. And then this branch of the, I know some people call them the Opus Dei court because they're that branch of wackadoo Christianity they, yeah, it it is a big swinging club, just crushing shit, and it is brutal. Em- empathy wise, I'm affected by these, and I live in the I live in the earth, but these are attacks. I mean, every woman I know, or every person with a uterus I know, I should say, when we get into gender identity, was told that they don't have control over that. Well, yeah. I, I live in Texas. Um, I live in Texas, and I have a 17-year-old granddaughter, and I have a 12-year-old granddaughter. You don't think I'm freaking out right now? <laughs> it's fucked. I mean, my, my, one of my sisters was in a room full of Girl Scouts when the decision came, came down. And they, the adults had to look at all these little, bright-futured kids and mask you know mask their their emotion um you know my sister went to the storage shed and cried for a few minutes and then and i also know that anybody that's made it to this point in the episode does give a fuck so we're not trying to be sanctimonious preaching to the choir i think we're, we're trying to hash hash this out in some way or I think we're just trying to find out how to, how to solve the Soylent Green problem at this point. Soylent Corporation is too powerful. I mean, when anyone feels like they don't have to answer to anyone, you see the type of person they really are. And there's some ugly people in power. Well, I've certainly burned my In Musk We Trust t-shirt at this point. <laughs> Well, you know, better late than never, right? 
Well, you know, I had such high hopes, man, because I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm a, I'm a serious Trekkie, dude. I've got two tattoos to prove it. So, you know, hey, man, we're going to go to Mars. I'm, I got to get behind a guy that says that, right? Yeah, what did you, what did he said he would put the the money forward if you showed him how $6 billion could cure world hunger. But he, yeah, he ended up being full of shit. About a lot of shit. Oh, totally full of shit. Totally full of shit. Fucking cocksucker. Sorry, man. <laughs> nope, <laughs> I shouldn't uh, let that slip out. I don't know if fun. you have an E on your uh Of course explicit. I fucking do. <laughs> I, don't, this you know, I don't like editing. Man. Do you think if, <laughs> how little I like editing, <laughs> do you think I'm going to go through and clip out things to make this for general audiences? I did read his book about six months ago and I know what a fucking asshole, misogynistic, racist piece of shit this guy is, man. Like all captains of industry. Yeah, and I was so hopeful, man, but you know, it was the rug was yanked out from under me, Darren. The silent green is people. Elon Musk has all his fucking lettuce. Uh, (laughs) What a great tie in. And as he says, his American um, Austin and New York and California and wherever else he has his cars being built are hemorrhaging money. And he will be broke in no time soon. He'll have to file bankruptcy. Oh, poor guy. Do you know who can't file for bankruptcy? People who want their student loans forgiven. But he could file student for bankruptcy. Student loans? I know. Oh, I know. you mean that? You mean that thing that I was uh, paying 22% interest on for 30 years after I got out of college? Okay. Yep, yep. That, that thing. kind of student loan. I got you, Darren. Okay. Yep. I, I didn't know what you were talking about there for a minute. Yeah, those, those things that um, I, my wife got hers paid off a couple years ago. Mine just well, got paid off this, this year. And good, you know what? Good thing I, you did. Yeah. They can lean your house, as they I was told. Sure can. <laughs> And you can't get rid of that by filing for bankruptcy like people who lost way more money. You can't get it forgiven as easily as people who took out those uh, PPE loans who took you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and then posted signs saying nobody wants to work mm-hmm. anymore. Everybody wants shit that's, to be. Yeah, um, that's, that's, that's the real tragedy, man. Not the, not the people who got money for childcare and things that they needed the money for because they were going through a, 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 a real crisis. But the fucking companies that were able to apply for and get those PPE loans and, uh, wow. This could turn into a four-hour podcast if we're not super careful at this yeah. point. So we'll just make some snide comments and <laughs> we'll bring it back in like, towards a sweaty, giant tooth <laughs> Charlton Heston. Yes, wearing his ascot. Yes. I guess that's what that was for, right? To sop up the sweat? Gotta sop up the sweat and <laughs> hold up his massive jaw. I'm sure he uses it to, I don't know, strangle priests that he's interviewing in sweaty <laughs> flat churches. Or, you know, maybe he does a slingshot because in his off time he does Bible recreations or reenactments. Quick question. I got to ask you, Darren, before we quit recording. I got I to hear this <laughs> from you. 
January 6th, uh, all these primetime shows that are going on, we're all glued to the television set. Is Trump going to go to jail? I feel less and less confident about it every day. <laughs> I, gee, I wonder why that is. Maybe Merrick Garland hasn't caught up on uh, his his DVR. He did say that he was going to watch all of those hearings, even if he didn't watch them live. But from the looks of things, uh, yeah, less and less confident. I, I know they have to sort of hurry up because the Democrats will probably. And if they fuck up this, if you're just thinking pure callous political theory, if they don't keep power in the midterms coming up after all of the horrible shit the right wing stuff has done, the party is fucking fucked. But uh, how did well, I get started on that? Maybe, maybe it's yeah. Oh. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's time for a new party. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. A new party or old, uh, the old ways get out of the way. I am hearing some useful suggestions of things to do from some of the less powerful people in that party. But yeah, I think get rid of both of those. Let somebody else mm-hmm. who can't fuck things up as bad as they have been. If the Democrats lose control of the House of Representatives, their power to run the committee ends in January. Uh, yeah, you know, all I, you know, all I really care, I can only care about a couple of things at, at, at a time, because yeah. if I start worrying about everything, it's you, you'll never get anywhere. But the environment, number one, and we seem to be pretty much fucked there. And uh, human rights number two, and we seem to be pretty much fucked there. So how do we end this show on a positive note, man? Well, a lot of the people that are ruining our lives will be dead in the next five, ten years, but I don't know if that's I'm positive. really rooting for cancer and heart attacks, and oh my god, I'm starting to sound like court. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know we could say, I know my niece is voting in her first election in November. I know electoral politics is like throwing band-aids on gashes, but it's still something. Well, but that, it has to happen. Yeah, that has to be done or else it's worse. Mm-hmm. You know, my niece right. gives a whole lot of a fuck. A lot of kids give a fuck. That's hopeful. Uh, there's, I mean, the Parkland generation is starting to vote in elections. Or they did a couple years ago, and there's even more now. Like the the people that were fresh freshmen then are turning eighteen and stuff now. And I don't know. I, I, that that is the only bit of hope that I have is that the people that are more well. I mean, there are some young lunatics. There are some young cruel, cruel people in power, but. Either like side. little, little. You're talking about little Benny, <laughs> um, <laughs> little Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the no matter how much damage they do on their way out, the Mitch McConnells, the even the the useless, I think useless Democrats like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein who don't care or don't know how things are now 
you know, like and Joe and Hillary Clinton. How do you explain how clear headed um, Bernie is? It makes no sense, right? I it's, have voted for him in the last two primaries. It's and not he the got age, fucked it's the ideas. by his own party. Yeah. <laughs> he got fucked both by times. His own both party. times he got fucked. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi and others were supporting anti choice Democrats all over the place. And I could, they're. I could kind of go for Warren if she ran again, but she's no spring chicken either. But like I'm saying, I'm, it's not an age thing because Sanders is older than a lot of them, but his ideas are more modern, more current. That's what people really want. Polls after polls after polls. If everything was popular vote, if uh, districts weren't so gerrymandered, if there was a balance of power, these things would, would be more actualized. Uh, but I, I think, I don't know, America might have to wait for the UN peacekeeping troops to come in and establish a democracy uh, before that, that gets happening. But I mm. do, the more I deal with young people that are politically minded and getting politically active, the more hope I have if we can stave off the decimation of the planet and the institutions, they will save us from ourselves and save the generation above us from themselves. We know, we know what this country is supposed to stand for. And for the most part it does, but there there's times when I start thinking if, if we were to be overrun or, you know, taken over by another country, we might find out we're the bad guys at this point. Yeah, uh, people. Oh boy, <laughs> people have been making making the jokes that yeah, there's the uh, Sharia law now in America, but you have more of a right to an abortion in Saudi Arabia than you do in some states. That's uh, that's, that's unfathomable, man. Unfathomable. Other, other religions. I mean, there might be a challenge to the ruling by yeah. uh, rabbis because there is specific language about access to abortion and so we'll see if the court thinks that there is actually freedom of and from religion or if it's just christian supremacy but okay <laughs> before we go all the way down i i want to reiterate that i have been talking to and uh, with more young people and uh i mean i'm not old but i'm not young i know that and just seeing the kids coming up, uh, the, the teenagers, the even younger kids than that, giving a fuck. But, you know, kids in high school, kids getting out of high school, young college kids. It's it's different. They they've grown up with the reality that is still scaring the fuck out of a lot of us because it wasn't so blatant. But it's all I mean, that is where where I find my hope. And there's also giving up isn't an option. So why shouldn't I think that there's a chance for something to get better if I have to try to make it happen anyway? Just a quick aside, man. I, I live I live in a uh, county that voted 83% Trump in the last presidential election. Uh, my daughter was getting terribly brainwashed. Um, she's a, a nanny for 
a family friend, you know, that we've known for a while. And she also works at a retail store. And she was getting terribly brainwashed by this person's uh, family. And when the Roe versus Wade stuff came down, she is now quasi-militant. <laughs> and she's pissed. So there is hope. There is hope. Voting is a bare minimum. There are other ways to do stuff. Easy to find ways to do stuff. Easy to help. There are different jobs for everybody in every sort of conflict or whatever. Some people are bards and some people are barbarians. And uh, you can wear many hats. Find the way, especially with the way things seem to be going, more and more focus on local government as a stopgap. You know, I've, I've got the weird thing. I live in one of the, I mean, I live in the state capital. I live in one of the largest cities in the state and i think it's like the 16th or something like that largest city in america population wise but surrounding us there's there's a lot of red state they used to call ohio purple Mm -hmm. until the republican supermajority got that gerrymandering and power shift to go but i mean it's really I, i hate doing things by red versus blue but it's simplified it's like a mm-hmm. 55-45 thing, but the representation is more like 85-15. And yeah, that's crazy. Shit like that. Uh, so uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going to go on, but you know, there are lots of ways and places to donate time and money. Uh, there are networks and things already set up. Nobody needs to start a new one. There are established ones. And groups, and it can be hard to find time because that's another way to keep people down is to keep people always at work, uh, which is why another reason why healthcare will so often be tied to employment in this country. But that that's a downer <laughs> we all know about and have talked about a bunch of fucking times. We're trying to go away so you can go enjoy something more fun than listening to us talk about how shitty shit is. Thank you, everybody. The children are our future. Get out of their way. Offer offer them help. Our our, uh, John Connor generation is trying to save us from the the Skynet that we so willingly gave power of power to because thinking is hard and it's easier to not pay attention until now. But there there was. Uh, Darren, there was one parting thought for me from yeah. this movie. There was one scene that really got to me, man, and that was when they were, uh, or when Saul went to the library, right? Mm-hmm. And there was nothing but old people there that still cared about reading and still cared about learning and still cared about keeping books. And I'll say this. My grandchildren, it breaks my heart. I buy them books. I try to get them to read. These guys are like the TikTok and YouTube generation, man. And that scares the hell out of me. But I thought we were trying to go positive, right? Yeah, but it's okay. Uh, it is a concern. It is a concern. Oh, uh, you know, it it comes in waves. Uh, my my son is <clears throat> 7 and he's really into the poetry of Shel Silverstein right now. 
Oh, nice. He's, like the uh, walking off the sidewalk at the end of the earth or whatever, yep, right? Where, where the sidewalk ends <laughs> and a light in the attic. And, That's right. Uh, less, less poetry, but the giving tree. Uh, oh, yeah. Good stuff, man. Good Lorax stuff. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. But yeah, he's been having me read him a lot of poetry and he's been memorizing some of them. And uh, so... It's got to make the stuff available to him and hope for the best. But I mean, maybe, maybe they'll get into audiobooks. <laughs> hey, we um, can be hopeful. Yeah. Regardless if they read less, I bet they've got better ideas about how to treat people than the people that are in power right now who want to grind us into little green squares and feed us to each other. I think that's it. Avoid the Soylent Green. Soylent Orange is probably made out of something worse. It's like the hot dog of Soylent Green. Anyway, vote and dot dot dot. Fill in the blank. There's something that you can do. That aside, thank you for a little bit of sweaty summertime Soylent commiseration, Lance. Do you want to tell anybody where to find you talking about less depressing things? Well, we primarily talk about horror movies, so lots of murder and mayhem. So uh, <laughs> if you want to find our uh, website, just go to www.thehorrorreturns.com. We do uh, a horror show every single week. Have never missed a week since we started, I'm proud to say. And we do a wrestling show. We do action and uh, stream fiends, which is about streaming movies, which could be comedy, romance, anything. And um, yeah, check us out and appreciate the invite as always. Take care of each other out there. Hug someone you love. Ask someone how you can help them. And watch out for Charlton Heston and the boot of the... Soylent Corporation. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to keep that part. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, you know how it goes. We're all tired. We're all exhausted. Find little ways to rest and recuperate, re-energize. There's a lot of shit to do. He did what we all must learn to do. You. And you. And you. And you. Yup. And cover. Soylent Green is people! <laughs>